Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Future Tech podcast series. It's me, Charlie Sell, the MD at Arrows Group, and hosting a podcast series, and we're on series two now. So we are specifically looking at the cybersecurity space, uh, speaking to CISOs, professionals within cyber, asking a bit about their story, thoughts on the market, and of course that all important question, advice for STEM graduates, or in fact, anyone looking to get in to cybersecurity. It's uh, Cyber Awareness Month in October. So what better time to be doing this podcast and really pleased to have our second guest of the series, which is Matt Holland. Matt is uh, interim CISO, worked for companies most recently like John Lewis, uh, Unilever, and even more recently, now looking at a PhD. So, so what a story, I think we'll get there. Um, and we'll go into the different topics. So hi, Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? Really, really well. How are you today? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. Good. We were saying um, you've been able to sort of brush the hair, get the beard trimmed, ready for, uh, ready for this show, for the, for the listeners out there and the few people watching. Yeah, feels like an unfamiliar habit. <laughs> And I guess that leads us nicely into, let's hear a bit about the story. Yeah, so I, I, I didn't start off my working career knowing I wanted to be a cybersecurity specialist. I came from quite a varied background. I, I've been doing cybersecurity now for 20, 25 years or so, but started off running a skateboard shop when I left school. Uh, uh, went from skateboard shops to motorbike racing. I was a professional motorbike racer for a couple of years. Uh, proved to be quite unsuccessful, started to fall off a lot. Sculptor at Euro Disney, when uh, Euro Disney Paris was opening, I created a lot of the, the theming and the scenery uh, around the park there. Uh, that started to come to an end when the park opened, so I returned to the UK and went back to university, uh, wanting to be a designer, a car designer specifically. Uh, so I started a course to, to get that through, started a, a bachelor's degree in product design, finished that and joined consultancies, didn't pursue the dream of car design. Uh, I, I came to London, joined an IT consultancy, I joined Capgemini straight from university uh, and from there started to form what, what's now proven to be a cyber security career. It, it wasn't at the time, um, I don't think there was much defined in terms of uh, a profession. Or, or roles around cybersecurity, uh, but it's proven to be uh, a long-standing and very enjoyable career. 25 years or so, gone from analyst and engineering work, very technical, through to uh, CISO roles in world-leading organizations. Uh, and now I'm coming back full circle. I've uh, embarked on a PhD back at Coventry University to do uh, uh, automotive design of one form or another. I'm doing uh, cybersecurity around autonomous vehicles. Wow. Well, so that really is quite a nice sort of niche within the niche then, looking at the importance of... And what, what tended you to get into cyber for autonomous vehicles? Where where's that come from? I, I, th I think it's a really real problem. It's a very tangible issue. I, uh, I did a master's recently uh, and wrote the master's, uh, the thesis for the master's around the same topic, but on a a more strategic level, like how are we going to end up getting autonomous vehicles? A big blocker is cybersecurity. A lot of fears, uh, a lot of regulation impeding our progress there. Uh, 
it just struck me that the benefits from autonomous vehicles are, are huge globally uh, in terms of safety, in terms of all sorts of societal improvements. But cybersecurity is up there as one of the things holding us back. You know, there are many other issues, but, but cybersecurity is the one I feel I can contribute to. So yeah. I decided to take it on. Yeah, fantastic. And well, we were talking just before the show, weren't we, that there's so many innovative companies that are, uh, are now entering the market when it comes to autonomous vehicles or engineering as a whole. So, so cyber really is going to be prevalent across many, many of those businesses and, and the wider field. I think so. Yeah, I mean, if you look over to over to the valley, sort of West America, West Coast America, you see the amount of money being put into the space. It, it gives you a sense that there's a, there's a bright future in this area. The, as you say, the benefits are very tangible. You know, improved safety. It's it's right up there as global motivators to uh, to to fix the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So and then so let's move on to the thoughts of where cyber is moving to then, and and the, you know the impact of cyber. Yeah, so I, I tend to, to look at these things from a macro level, first of all, like big picture kind of stuff uh, and, and try and distill that down to trends that form that impact me or my clients or partner organizations I work with or, or more currently my research. Um, and there's a couple that stick out. So the, the, the societal dependence on IT has been growing over generations. You know, we get more and more technology. We exploit it more and more. Um, um, we have a huge dependence now globally on the internet and, and we're seeing that extend in things like uh, uh, internet of things, for example, on a personal level, you know, we probably all have Alexas and Googles knocking around our home, uh, but in, in factories and manufacturing, the dependence on operational technology uh, to help bring about more efficient production or in supply chains, technology is just much more embedded in our day-to-day -day lives than we probably would recognize and is only going to increase as it becomes cheaper, more, more commoditized, more effective. Uh, uh, a second macro trend, I think what we've seen is, is politically, we're seeing differences, uh, again, east-west, uh, rising tensions there, political and trade uh, issues. You know, we talk about Brexit having a huge effect. So, so political tensions rising. Uh, and then we look back down to technology, and we see an increasing use of AI in what would have been previously human-powered activities, we're now able to outsource that to AI and machine learning kind of improvements. Um, so we, and then we see these technology improvements being used both for good and bad. So if you take all of that landscape uh, at the high level, you can see there's, there's a richer set of tools for bad actors to use. Uh, the idea of using AI to create or fake followers and therefore influence political outcomes. We've seen that over American elections, over UK elections. If we look at uh, the use of technology enhancements, AI again for, for hacking, for, for bad activity on our websites, it's, it's been well documented the use of uh, denial of service attacks as a service, for example. Again, not human powered, it's, it's become a capability for these bad actors because technology has enabled it. Yeah. The inverse of that is we can use these technology enhancements for good as well. So we're seeing a lot of security products uh, incorporating artificial intelligence to make the response or the detection of security attacks much more effective, uh, much quicker. Yeah, so, so, so AI and it really is a, um, a key area where cyber is both being used as for the good and bad then essentially. 
Yeah, I, I think in all technology enhancements that we've seen over time, they, they come back on both sides of the coin. Um, yeah. My view personally is that cybersecurity is always chasing the bad actors. We, over, over many years, we, we, we don't get on the front foot very often. And when we do, that, that lead is very rapidly taken away from us. A, a great phrase of we only have bad guys only have to be right once but good guys have to be right all the time and there's a lot more bad guys out there than good guys yeah 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 so it must be so interesting seeing it across different industries as well because as you said you you've you've been successful enough that you've worked at, at you know some really highbrow businesses john lewis unilever but, but i imagine with your consultancy days you've worked across many different businesses is there is there anything that people are getting right or specifically wrong when they look around cyber and, and, and the importance of it within their business? Yeah, I, well, I, so certainly lessons learned for me that I've seen a mixture of good and bad behaviour. And the idea of leading from a strategic position rather than a technology position is, I think, has been proven time and time again to be the correct approach. A lot of, a lot of organisations have misspent a lot of money making a, a product choice without thinking about how it gets used or without uh, sticking up the resources behind it to use it properly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rich market space for a lot of vendors. There's a lot of technology out there, most of it very good as well. I don't think it's a flaw in the technologies, but unless you've really thought through what the requirements are and how you're going to operationalize it, it's, it's just like going shopping when you're hungry sort of thing. You'll fill your shopping trolley and, and then not really know what to do with it. A lot of it will go stale in your fridge. You'll need to throw it out. Right. For a shopping metaphor, polish. Yeah, there was a perfect one to, to understand. Because I guess something I've seen from a from you know from the recruitment side of things is more and more of our own clients are now bringing cyber in house. So so it, it feels like it's there's a general trend of sort of moving away from from outsourcing your, your cyber needs and, and now thinking actually this is something that we need to control ourselves. Is that, is that a fair statement from, from what you've seen over the past five years? Yeah, I think in part. So what, what I've seen, I, you know, the joy of being in the industry for a long time is I've seen it mature. Mm. If I go back to uh, early days in consultancy, you were a cyber security person or an information security person or even further back IT security person as we've all been badged one time or another. It was a singular job. You were either in it or you weren't in it. What, what's happened over the years is it's, it's matured and diversified. So it's no longer sufficient to describe yourself as a cyber security professional. There's all manner of different strands, uh, strands and professions within it. So you could be a uh, a SOC analyst, you could be a, a threat engineer, you can be a, a GRC or risk assessment professional, all of them legitimate and quite defined and quite broad roles in their own right. And what I've seen through, through the years is initially there was a, a groundswell of building that skill set and capability in-house. Then there was a, an expansion, so lots of them fragmented off and became services you could buy or uh, skill sets you'd need to acquire through third parties, consultancies and systems integrators, for example. Then they diversify more and you find, actually, I need that skill set in-house if I'm really going to mature it. So I, th I think there's a good position developing. It's been in place in the market for quite some time now in terms of hybrid approaches to security. Pick and mix the skill set and capability you need in-house, depending on the sector that you're in. So which capabilities are really business critical for you? 
versus commodity services. What could I outsource to somebody without losing quality or losing the, the insights that I'd gain from it in the rest of the business? And there's, there's a really mature marketplace out there to provide pretty much any service you need, either outsourcing or just, just buying software as a service to do discrete acts. Yeah, yeah, and that's a great viewpoint on it. And as you said, that the amount of roles that are now being created out of such an important sector, and, and I guess that leads really nicely onto sort of the, the last, but, but probably one of the most poignant questions, which is your advice to people who are wanting to get into cyber, whether that's the, the STEM graduate studying it, or even people maybe even trying to cross-train into it. What If you were speaking to the, these STEM graduates, what would be your, your little words of wisdom? Yeah, so I think... It, it, depending where you're starting from if you're really coming at this fresh either fresh out of university or as you say a mover from a, a very different topic utterly essential in my mind to know the basics and have a really wide platform to to step forward from I, as much as we've just talked about there are lots of diverse roles in there they all come down to having a solid base of knowledge uh, and then springing up into a, a sort of upside down T model is the one that was um, espoused to me very early in my career. And I've stuck with it. And if, if I'm honest, it's benefited me countless times. I, I may have dipped a toe into different vertical columns through my time, but that's the benefit of being aged. You know, I've gone through this multiple iterations. Certainly focus on getting the basics in place in your own career, in your own understanding. Make sure you know how different roles are going to interact and use that to develop your choices around your specialisms. You know, as we say, there's, there's 101 different types of cybersecurity professional these days. Talk to as many of them as you can, understand what their day-to-day -day work is, get an idea for what working in their shoes might look like for you and, and match it to your own skills and preferences. You know, I don't, I, I, I don't hold to the idea that everybody has to be good at everything. Yeah. But it, you know, work's an important part of our days and it's a good thing to enjoy it. I, I've been very fortunate that I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed my career. Uh, and I've, I think I've done that by picking the, the kind of tasks that I've found myself to be good at or that I've had good enough support around me to acquire those skills. Yeah. And that, that, I think that's another really good point that, you know, work is for or life is to live and, and you shouldn't work for a paycheck so you've got to enjoy what you do so there should also be a probably a natural interest in in cyber or in how things work or what people are trying to achieve or, or not achieve or do right or wrong to to throw yourself into it yeah and it's hard we have to be honest there'll be long hours there'll be difficult challenges ahead of you and it's it's really much harder to do that if you don't enjoy the topic underneath it all yeah, yeah. Now again, and and I suppose you're living proof of that as well, where you've you've gone sort of full circle, going back into academia to to, to continue looking at stuff that you love and enjoy to to probably come out the other end and be able to move again and and add add value and add focus on on areas that you really do enjoy. Yeah, I'm hoping so. I mean, the research itself, as we talked about, is quite quite narrow, quite specific. Yeah. But, but actually, the real-world application of that same research, when I come out, I, I imagine it to be quite, quite well distributed. The same topics are being talked about in uh, all sorts of business contexts. It's not just autonomous cars that have a lot of monitoring and high connectivity and you know, very high safety requirements. You look at the, the maritime sector, for example, or the, 
the aerospace industry. It's really not all that different. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, again, I totally agree with you there. When you do look at, I, you know, it's the industry 4.0 wider concept, isn't it? it? It really is from manufacturing all the way through to automate, um, to aviation. The, the, the fundamentals, because of technology underpinning everything, is so similar now, isn't it? Yeah, we go full circle in this conversation. You talked about how I've not stayed in one particular sector. That's been a really deliberate act in my part. I've, I love the topic. You know, I find the topic genuinely applicable in all sorts of different scenarios, even on the, the theoretical risk level. Yeah. It's hugely beneficial to companies to understand how they manage and where their risks are coming from. And for me, that doesn't matter whether it's a retail sector or a defense sector. They... They, they have to go through the same acts. My, my skills are the discipline of going through that act. Uh, it's the same thing with the research as we've just talked about. Yeah, brilliant. Well, Matt, thank you. That's been really, really interesting and, and, and great to, as you say, get, get to see a real live viewpoint on it all. And, um, and you know, you, you, you give cyber quite a, it feels like a simplicity under a very complex, um, you know, market or vertical, I guess. So. So thank you very much. Really, really good. You're welcome. Thanks very much for having me. Great. So everybody, that is our second episode of our Series 2 Future Tech podcast series, where we have been focusing on cyber, ready for the Cyber Awareness Month in October. Um, this will be posted on the career portals of the students or the universities that we've partnered with, along with our Spotify channel, um, and clips following LinkedIn. So please follow us, look on uh, Spotify. Um, hope it's been really interesting and here's another episode. Thank you.